Hello! If you're hearing this, that means you get the internet. And if you get the internet, that means you can watch the live stream of the live show that we just did recently. We did a half the Noose Olympian, half Potterless live stream live in North Carolina, and it was an absolute blast for TNO. We did the first two chapters of the first book in the Heroes of Olympus series. And for Potterless, we did an improvised Big Brother format where we put a bunch of Harry Potter pets in a battle to see which magical pet would reign supreme. The video has gorgeous visuals and crisp audio, and it's a multi-cam set up so it feels very dynamic like you were there you can watch that stream until march 17th at 11 59 p.m and you can get tickets at my website shubes s-c-h-u-b.es slash tour again that is s-c-h-u-b.es slash tour to watch the replay of the half potterless half the new Olympian live show that we did recently i hope you enjoy it before we begin today's episode of Potterless, I just wanted to thank everybody who has told a friend or family member or someone that they know to listen to Potterless. Recently, I've noticed a pretty big uptick in people either mentioning on Twitter or Facebook saying, hey, friend, I think you should listen to Potterless podcast. It's really funny, blah, blah, blah. And that's definitely the best way to spread news about a podcast is telling someone directly, hey, here's this thing. It's great. You should check it out. And the fact that a lot of you guys are doing it unprovoked is so great. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate that because it really does help. And the Potterless family, the team gets bigger, we get more friends, and, and what's not to love? So thank you guys. And speaking of thank you, we got to thank our newest Patreon supporters. So huge shout out to Deborah Wilkes and James Caneos, and a giant shout out to Natalie Klobuchar. I hope I'm pronouncing your name properly, for being our newest producer-level patron. So thank you guys so much. If you want to join the patron team, head on over to patreon.com slash potterless. You get bonus content in exchange for donating to the podcast, and all of the money goes back into the podcast. I recently just bought a little upgrade to the audio system so it can make it sound even better. So thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate it. Today's episode is absolutely hilarious. It's easily one of the funniest episodes that I've put out. Unfortunately, the audio didn't come out super well on Sydney's end. She doesn't have a microphone, so I had her do a voice memo on her phone for the audio, which usually works super well, but I think she put the phone near her laptop's exhaust fan because about halfway through the episode, you'll hear a fan-ish noise in the background when she's speaking. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but I just wanted to let you guys know in case that became a little bit distracting. I think that the episode is so funny that it makes this a moot point and it's something that we can all get over because it's a real fun one and I think you guys are going to like it. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode of Potterless starring Sydney Adams, formerly prostitute from Vine. Hello, internet. Welcome back. Potterless, the tale of a 25-year-old man reading Harry Potter for the first time. I'm here joined with repeat guest, Sydney Adams, formerly of Vine fame, but last time she was on the podcast, Vine was alive and thriving, uh, and now it's <laughs> super dead. So Sydney Adams is here. Sydney, how are you? How's life? I'm great. Um, it's good to talk to you again, considering the last time that we talked was this actual podcast. So um, <laughs> We're the best of friends. We're good, good friends. We're very close. Uh. We, we like each other's tweets, and and Instagram posts. We watch each other's snaps. It's, you know, it's very, a very serious friendship. <laughs> it's a very serious friendship. 
Someone would be like, oh, why has Sydney been on 12 episodes of Pirates? I was like, well, it's the only time I talk to her. So. Yeah, like, I just, that's the only way that we catch up and it's the only way we hang out now. It's like, I just have to keep Yeah, the only thing we have in common is just making fun of teenage wizards and just like, oh my God, so dumb. Yeah, right? <laughs> we are now recording the second time we'd recorded before. Sydney had a great mm. bathroom setup where yeah. you had your laptop in a sink pointed at a super upward angle now it's like roughly more normal well i grabbed some harry potter books to keep on theme and now my computer is propped up and it's not looking oh, up so my fitting. nose it's looking directly at it beautiful perfect oh man well speaking of noses there's a guy here who's got no nose in these chapters and his name is voldemort so let's hey. talk about chapters 31 <laughs> through 37 of harry potter and the goblet of fire uh would you have told me before is your favorite book yes of the um, series. this is my favorite harry potter book actually um so super soaked awesome. soaked super soaker that was the <laughs> um i was super stoked when you asked me if i wanted to do this book because i was like yes my favorite one and you give me some chapters with a lot of action so yeah that guy. was my thought process behind it was like the last time you were on the podcast literally nothing happened <laughs> like nothing happened at all and i think the most we still talked for so long. I feel like the most action-packed thing was like Harry found the diary. And that was like the <laughs> most action. It was like, Harry finds a book. We're I was like, like no whoa. Way. <laughs> and now like in these sections, like a million things happen. People die. There's a plot twist, which the plot twist then has a plot twist, which is like some crazy M. Night Shyamalan shit. Well, it's so dope. Crazy J.K. Rowling shit, my friend. True. She goes above and beyond. <laughs> so let's kick it right off with chapter 31, mm -hmm. the third task. Hell yeah. So Harry tells the squad what happened mm -hmm. in the previous chapter, uh, as he does always. You know, every chapter either begins or ends with Harry telling Ron and Hermione what happened. Yeah, he's just got to catch him up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I don't know if you heard about this, because we go to school together and you're my best friends and we talk all the time, <laughs> but this is what's happening to me. And they were like, we know, we were there. Oh, uh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so Hermione is super pissed about Rita Skeeter. Right, who wouldn't be? I mean, exactly. Hermione is really mad about Skeeter, and she's trying to think about what Skeeter said in The Three Broomsticks, mm -hmm. which is, quote, I know things about Ludo Bagman that would make your hair curl. Mm. So, First of all, Hermione's hair is already curly. Oh, true. Um, <laughs> also, Ludo is the name of one of the puppets from David Bowie's Labyrinth. So I Whoa. just pictured a giant like puppet being a wizard this whole time. That's chapter. super dope. Anyway. That's so good. <laughs> to catch you up on where I am, based on the episodes, the previous episodes that I recorded, I am a thousand percent convinced that Ludo Bagman is behind all of this stuff. Uh, plot twist, or spoiler alert, not him at all. He has nothing to do with yeah, anything. He is the most minor character. <laughs> <laughs> For the past like six episodes, I'm just like, oh, it's totally Ludo Bagman and here's why. I've been giving reasons and theories and all this stuff and now it makes sense why everyone has kind of like held back laughter when I've told them like, it's gotta be Ludo. I was like, did you start a conspiracy <laughs> blog where it's like Ludo Bagman's the most important wizard well, uh, in the Harry I just, I just really thought it was gonna be him because like Barty Crouch is just like this, or oh, Barty Crouch Sr. Yeah, uh, is please. this like super easy red herring where it's like okay definitely not him mm -hmm. and then they keep like throwing Ludo Bagman in very gingerly occasionally and it's very much taking the shape of like some of the other plot twists that happened in the first yeah. three books so I was like oh it's gotta be yeah. him so JK Rowling fooled mm -hmm. me again also can we talk about the fact that Rita Skeeter is Harry Potter's Perez Hilton oh whoa that's so good like she's just like she's just a, she's just annoying she's the worst she really is the worst she's a gossip monger she's mm -hmm. always trying to get them celebrities in trouble leave them alone also Harry's a 13 year old boy so she, couldn't she tech he technically sue her for like libel and slander as a minor I don't know these are just thoughts <laughs> 
Well, uh, the wizarding judicial system, not the strongest. Uh, yeah, they kind of just tie someone to a chair and they're like, you used magic. And they're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then they have the truth serum and they're like, but we're not going to use this in court because it's unreliable, but we're going to use it later. And then we're going to send uh, you to so prison for the rest of your life in a super scary castle. Because of a gut feeling. Because <laughs> of a gut feeling. Uh, we're like, ah, this guy seems sketchy. All right, so uh, all caps I wrote, oh shit, I knew it, it's Bagman. Mm-hmm. Definitely not Bagman, Definitely as you learned not. later. So Harry's about to go to bed mm-hmm. and he walks by Neville's bunk and he feels sad. He wishes <laughs> that Neville got more sympathy, which is completely valid. You know. He kind of feels bad. Yeah, but he gets hot in the movies, so he's fine. It, that's what I've been saying the whole time. It's like, yo. They had to give him that one. As, as like, he might suck, but he becomes super attractive, so it's fine. Like, yeah. everything's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, throw it back to last episode when you said you were going to marry Neville, but you didn't know the actor's name. Oh, I still don't know his name. <laughs> I was going to look that up after that episode. And I, just I think you forgot. looked it up during the episode and then said oh, it and then Christ. probably forget, forgot like, it. It's just one of those like, tip of the tongue things always. I'm, I'll oh, never yeah. actually know the answer. <laughs> like, you know, the actor oh, who played Neville. Sure. And then everyone's always like, oh, the one who got hot? And you're like, yup. Yep. <laughs> Your voice memo's recording, right? I just thought to ask oh, to yeah. make sure. <laughs> yeah, it's recording. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. So Harry then realizes that Voldemort is the root of everything. Yeah, root of all evil, man. All of this bad stuff that's been happening is because of Voldemort. So Harry, super pissed about Voldemort. But everyone's like, whoa, but he's not even back. And you're like, just you wait. Just wait. Over the next few days, the squad is trying to help Harry with his hexes because that is what he's going to need to use in the third task. Mm-hmm. And it's super great that Hermione's helping because the third task happens after finals. Mm-hmm. So she is foregoing studying her favorite thing in the world to help Harry, her loser of a friend that can't do anything right, yeah. to help him in this third task, which is fantastic. Yeah. Hermione, time and time again, proves to be the best person in the series. Like no one is better than Hermione. Yeah, no. Have you seen those? Like, uh, I think someone did like a series of tweets where they they rewrote the Harry Potter books to just be based off of like Hermione's perspective, and it's like it's like Hermione saves the day again. Yeah, like Hermione there's, has two loser friends and like has to help them. Yeah, there's like tweets about it, and then I think there is like a Tumblr page. Someone linked it to me on Twitter where it's just like excerpts of the book, but written from Hermione's perspective, and oh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's awesome. so good, so good. Awesome. I really hope J.K. eventually writes it because that would just be so funny just to hear be her really sassy fun. inner monologue the whole time, like. Oh, uh, fucking Ron. Like, God, Harry can't even get a counter spell down. <laughs> what is he doing here? Uh, Guardian Liviosa. It's so easy. Idiot. <laughs> Hermione says, don't worry, because they'll at least get top marks in defense against the dark arts because <laughs> you know. they never would have learned all these hexes in class. And here's my problem with that. If you don't cover them in the class, why would they be on the test? Yeah, mother she's just talking. So, like, if you're learning all this stuff that's not in class, you're not going to get good grades or your final is a bunch of bullshit that asks you on stuff that was never covered. Either way, yeah, something is wrong. <laughs> we went to college. Finally, yeah. bullshit. <laughs> they are. They <laughs> so just like, are. when did we learn this? Oh, we didn't? Great. We didn't, but you should have. Got yeah. <laughs> we learned something related to it. I did have a math final once where I asked my professor, I was like, we never learned this, right? And he straight up was like, no, but like you're supposed to use the knowledge from the similar thing to infer. I was like, isn't that the point of teaching? <laughs> like, teach I, me. There was like uh, a, I had a friend who was a math major and like apparently he had a final one time where 
it, oh no, it was one of my professors. It was one of my professors, uh-huh. and he said when he was in college that his professor gave them a two-question final. Fuck. And of course, they were they were questions with like proofs and like theorems uh, and everything, so they took forever. Of course. But one of the questions was one the professor hadn't even solved. Like it was one that the math community as a whole had been trying to solve, and they just like so it was kind of like a freebie, but they didn't tell them, so everyone was super stressed out. But that also means that one of their questions it was like just a one question. Final. Oh my gosh, that is the most tiring like, thing ever. That sounds miserable. That's rough. That is super rough. Oh man. Anyway, Harry anyway, Harry Potter. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, the hexes that they're learning includes impediment, which slows down attackers. Mm-hmm. There's a reductor curse, which blasts solid objects out of the way, mm-hmm. and the four point spell, which makes your wand always point north. So a compass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why you can't just carry one, but basically, why would you carry a compass? You got a wand. Uh, true, but wouldn't it like? I guess you, had, I wonder, you don't have that many pockets in them, right? That is super true. But it does take time to be like, uh, but the spell, he just says like point me or something. But mm-hmm. uh, whatever. <laughs> Essentially. It's not like a long one. Okay. So uh, Harry is struggling with the shield charm, mm-hmm. which I wrote is like, oh, so he's definitely going to have to use the shield charm later. Doesn't use yeah, it right? at all. Never uses it. Nope. <laughs> so Again, really, she's just trying to divert you, dude. She is. Uh, it, and the thing is like a normal person reading this book would not be upset about all this. Me, as someone that's trying to guess everything and be the most analytical, anytime there's like some sort of extra detail that doesn't mean anything impactful, yeah, I am shoot. livid. <laughs> You're also a 25-year-old man. That's I'm, the whole basis of your podcast. I am a crazy human being. Yeah. You're not an 11-year-old that's no, like, not the at all. shield charm, <laughs> Harry can't master it. Is he going to be okay? Like, I'm like, okay, the shield charm, when is that coming up later? Who's going to use it? <laughs> so analytical. I'm so stoked for after this podcast is done because I will be the most thorough Harry Potter fan mm-hmm. and still a huge asshole. I'm so yeah, st- I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm going to be the best worst trivia person ever. Well, it's funny because it's like going back and reading these is of course like fun for me as well. Mm-hmm. Living parts of my childhood. We talked about that on the last one, like that nostalgia element, uh-huh. but they're like so much quicker of a read now oh, because yeah. like I realized that they're not that difficult. Like some oh, of the no. words are funky because they're made up, but it's mm. like, you told me I had these uh, chapters and I was like, oh no, am I going to be able to finish this before that, before like we do the podcast? Like, can I fit it in between work? Mm-hmm. Literally finish it in like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> they are children's novels. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> the text is pretty big. Love it. Squad sees Malfoy and his goons uh, up to some Ugh. shady shit. It looks like he's talking into a walkie talkie, which Hermione again reminds us will not work on the campus. So yeah. that's going to be some shit. The, ba- the, ba- the batteries don't work at Hogwarts. <laughs> All those technicalities, JK. Sirius has been sending mm-hmm. owls every single day, telling Harry to only focus on the task. Not suspicious. He's like, don't worry about anything else except not dying, which is very sound advice. Everyone's like, who's sending Harry all this mail? Can't possibly be someone who escaped from Azkaban. <laughs> no way. Not that dog that he keeps hanging out with it. Uh... <laughs> no, who's that dog? <laughs> so breakfast the next day, Hermione gets the newspaper and... She and Ron try to get Harry not to see it. But then Malfoy starts talking shit, as per usual, and Harry finally sees that the headline is, quote, Harry Potter, disturbed and dangerous, which I think should be the next Fast and Furious movie. (laughs) (laughs) The disturbed and the dangerous. I was going to say, that's just like the tagline of my memoir. Yeah, Sydney Adams, disturbed Disturbed and dangerous. And And then when you write the second one, it can be Sydney Adams, too disturbed, too dangerous. dangerous. There is no better sequel title ever than Too Fast, Too Furious. They just got tired. They got so After the tired. second like, one. What do we call it was this the one? second one. Uh, 
Faster and furiouser? No, that's not good English. How about too fast, too furious? Perfect. Thing, I like Cut, that. Print. I like that they keep trying to throw puns in it. Like Fast Eight was the fate the of the furious, furious, but it was the F Eight fate. I really yeah. hope that they call the next one just fine, because <laughs> <Just laughs> it's the neither, like uh, fine. Like yeah. it's another one. <laughs> fast Nine. Fine. fine. <laughs> So basically the entire article is about Harry collapsing and having pain due to his scar. Yeah. It also contains Malfoy ratting out that Harry can speak parcel tongue, which is like, there's no reason for him to do this except to Did be a piece of Malfoy snitches get stitches. Not right. Uh, man, snitches get stitches. The name of my future uh, um, Quidditch oh, that's podcast. What your podcast should have been called. No, that's what I'm gonna make. I'm, <sighs> I'm not joking. I'm going to make a Quidditch only podcast with my friend Johnny called Snitches Get Stitches, where we <laughs> analyze it as a sport. Like, is flying physically challenging? Like, do you have to work out to be good at Quidditch? Yeah, right. Is it though? Just, I think you just gotta play a lot of video games. It's all hand-eye coordination. <laughs> Pretty much. The article also refers to Voldemort as you know who which I think is a lamer version of he who must not be named, even though yeah, it's less it's wordy. It's like, you know who just sounds so, just call him Voldemort. Can we just? Uh, no, that was like the whole thing. You can't say his name. They haven't explained why yet, but I think that no, happens I think later. thing. I think, I think it, it was, I think it gets explained later. I'm apologies. Uh, I am a big Harry Potter fan, but I'm fuzzy on all of these. Yeah, I think it happens details. in the fifth book because now Voldemort's back. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right. Because so. it, it's something like, it's something like, um, he, like, he consents when someone says his name. And uh, he's just like, okay. I don't know. Oh, that's super fun. Okay. Just like my ex-wife. Oh, oh man. Good old <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca Black. <laughs> oh, throwback. Oh, it's man. Friday. Anyway. <laughs> so the article also cites him being friends with a werewolf and a giant, saying that that's mm. dangerous, which is nah. super racist. And it calls for Dumbledore <laughs> oh, no. to prohibit Harry from the tournament, which I think is great, seeing that task number three starts today. Again, <laughs> Perez Hilton. Yeah. So Ron and Harry are most concerned with how Skeeter knew that Harry had the scar hurting in divination because he was in class at the top of a tower with the windows closed. So mm -hmm. they're super confused about how she would know that, right. which you learn about later. So Hermione is talking about trying to figure out the bugging situation. She runs her fingers through her hair, then mimics a walkie-talkie, says she has an idea, and runs away. And at the time, I was like, I know this is some shit, but I don't know. And then on the fourth to last page, you, like, oh, you, they why. reveal exactly what it was. And it's so good. It's so mm. good. Very I proud of JK. It. We're not there yet. No, we're not. We have six more chapters. I tried to predict it. I've said his Malfoy somehow hooked up with a magic walkie-talkie equivalent to give Skeeter the scoop, and that is super Skeeter wrong. Skeeter the scoop. Super wrong. Goodbye. Every time I say Skeeter, I always think Skeeter from Doug, and it makes it way more fun. <laughs> like, imagine <laughs> imagine if he's, like, writing articles like, ha, ha, and then... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so Hermione goes to the library to confirm whatever her theory is. That girl loves books. The final... Starts in 10 minutes. Her final starts in 10 minutes and she's going away. She is so dedicated towards hating Rita Skeeter. It's impressive. Yeah. I love yeah. it. That's so right. Harry is exempt from all his finals, which is dope. Because, <laughs> you know, he's a tri-wizard tournament. I, I would apply for that just to not do the finals. Like, forget probably dying. I would be like, also, yo, but I don't got to take finals. <laughs> the fact that they're all called champions before any of them have won. The, ooh, that's just true. like a wizarding participation trophy. It's like, <laughs> the, can the champions come forward? And it's like, well, one of us is going to win first. So one of us will be a champion and the other ones are just like magical losers. And two so. of us should be dead, but you know, you know. Harry's a baller. <laughs>
So since he's exempt from his finals, he's been reading about hexes in the back of every exam. So he still has to like go to the exams, which I think is kind of funny. He just chills in the back. I would like, like start, what's up, losers? he's like, what up nerds? How's the test? My name's Harry. I'm 13 and I'm a Trouser champion. I'm going to just hang out in the back of this class. <laughs> he's on a reality TV series now. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so McGonagall comes to get him for the greeting of the champion's families. So he's like, oh man, I really hope the Dursleys don't show up. Plot twist, <laughs> it's Mrs. Weasley and Bill. <laughs> so, I would have loved if he was like, my parents are dead. Do I have to go? <laughs> Can I just keep reading about hexes, please? I don't have parents. <laughs> It's like, I don't have a family. Um, anyway, it's the Weasleys. That's Weasley. Which, this has redeemed Bill for me. I'd gone on some previous yeah. Bill tangents about how I don't like him. And then everyone in their mom on Twitter was like, he breaks curses. It's cool. Uh, but Julia Shafini of Spirits Podcast made a really good point. Him, like, doing this whole stealing gold stuff. Is he, like, fucking up some old ruins and stuff? <laughs> like, is he fucking with history by, like, plundering for gold? He's just, he's accumulated a lot of ancient curses, probably, but that's the most notable thing that have happened. Yeah. Like, he's fine. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. So, Charlie wanted to come, but he couldn't get off of work in time, which would have been way better. So, Charlie still is the first place Weasley. Yeah, Charlie's still the coolest Weasley. Oh, the coolest. Uh, the, the Weasley rankings. What My Weasley rankings, let's see. Okay. I'd probably do Charlie. Go. Charlie, and definitely. Fred and George, probably George second because he's always said second. So I want to give him some props. So we'll put George okay. two and Fred three, then Ron, okay. then Mrs. Weasley, okay. then Bill, then the dad, then, oh, then Ginny, maybe Ginny above Arthur, probably. She hasn't gotten cool yet. <sighs> and then Percy at the very fucking bottom. Okay. Yeah. We can all agree that Percy <laughs> goes to the bottom because Percy just sucks. sucks. Um, I'll say you find out. Uh, I I just hope I find out. Worse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So definitely, um, definitely Charlie at the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I gotta go with you on Fred and George. Mm -hmm. And you're right. You do make a good point. George has always said second. <laughs> so, so put George him first. Second. Give him some love. <laughs> Fred third. Um, I gotta say Mrs. Weasley fourth. Okay. Uh, Above Ron. Then, oh yeah, Ron okay. is. I hate Ron. Okay. I, ooh, oh, I think I just, sad. I think I'm, I think my stock on Ron is high because he was super sassy in this one. Yeah. But Ron's just so incompetent all the time. He like, really can is. You just pull it together. <laughs> and Mrs. Weasley's a badass because she's just loving and strong and mm -hmm. amazing and gets even better in all the books. Probably after that, it goes Bill, uh -huh. then Mr. Weasley, <laughs> then Ron, then Percy. <laughs> Wait, where's Ginny? Because like Mr. Where's Ginny? Oh, Ginny. Oh, shoot, Ginny. Um, Ginny can go above Ron. Okay. Just because she oh, wow. she doesn't she doesn't do anything wrong. She's just very meek. Okay. And just like, girl, grow a backbone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Mr. Weasley just loves muggles, which is super cute mm -hmm. and precious. It just seems like such a dad thing. Oh yeah. So I'm totally about that. And mm -hmm. then yeah, we all agree Percy sucks. Ron is incompetent. And Ginny, girl, just ask him out. <laughs> Please, because Harry's only gonna as we've seen with his awesome game with Cho Chang, which consists of looking at her and thinking she's pretty. Uh, yeah. Harry's not going to get off his ass to ask Harry, you out on a yeah, date. No, no. <laughs> Harry just spends most of this book like looking at Cho Chang. Like <laughs> <laughs> that is a good percentage. Okay, let's see. Back to this. Okay, so, sorry. Cedric, no, I love tangents. Ways. Tangents are my favorite. They are what make this podcast. Cedric's dad is there, brags yeah. to Harry that Cedric has caught up to him in the points of arm. Like, fuck off. Mr. Diggory. I know. You're just like, Mr. Diggory, uh, it's like, it's unnecessary. You're living vicariously through your son so much. It's annoying. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're uh, like, we get it. You weren't that impressive in high school. <laughs> you had a son. Mm -hmm. He's redeeming you. Like, He's Robert Pattinson. We get it. <laughs> he dies. Anyway. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Harry shows them around the grounds. 
asks about Percy, and they say that the ministry is trying to keep the crouch disappearance on the DL because the ministry sucks and they're investigating whether or not the instruction notes that Percy has been receiving are legitimate or if they've mm. been fraudulent, which Ooh. is crazy. That's spooky. Mm-hmm. So Hermione then shows up to the table where everyone is sitting. Harry has to kind of diffuse the tension because Mrs. Weasley loves Rita Skeeter's article so much that she's kind of anti-Hermione for a little bit Molly. until Harry's like, yo, this is a bunch of BS. It's like, come on, Molly. Molly, you're smarter than that. You're better than this. But like every mom reads People magazine, so it's Oh, uh, yeah. True, true, true. They leave for the task. They walk around the Quidditch field and the quote says, the Quidditch field, which was now completely unrecognizable. So I said, good. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Oh, man. So there's four teachers roaming the perimeter of the maze and the champions, if they are in trouble, shoot red sparks into the air and then they will come save them. So that is explained and then they're off. They start going and you learn that the blast ended scroots are an obstacle. And that is it. Yeah. That is their whole purpose in this book was that they're just like they're a just thing they have yeah, to avoid. Hagrid had to grow uh, monsters and raise them just for the point of killing children. Right. Uh, I thought they were going to do something cooler, but nope, they're just things to run away from. Harry then sees a Dementor, which is like, yeah. oh shit. But then I was like, wait a second. Is it really a Dementor or is it a Boggart? So then he expecto patronums oh, I, it. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's a Dementor. And then, yeah, plot twist. Yep, so he does expecto patronum. And then he notes that the Dementor stumbles. He's like, I've never seen a Dementor stumble before. Because they don't like, have feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, wait a second, you're a Boggart. So then he does ridiculous. And then it, you know, unboggarts or whatever. And then it goes away. So Harry then continues through the maze. And he sees a lot of mist. And he tries mm-hmm. to use Reducto on it like an idiot. Yeah, it's missed. It's missed, you fucking loser. Uh, he's also a 13-year-old boy. I think he's 14 at this point, right? Oh, or is he 13? Is he 13? Like, well, he turned... No, he's 13. He turned 10 at the beginning of one, turned 11 and two, turned 12 and three. So yeah, he's 13. So that's fine. I just like... He's I think grade. back to my own 13-year-old self and I'm like, there's no way. Like, I couldn't have done any of this. I was the worst like, human in seventh no grade. Way. There's no way I could have done anything. Oh, shoot, were you in seventh grade? When I was 13. 13? What was I? Yeah, then I was in seventh grade. Well, that's me thinking that I would be in a different <laughs> Different grade. age. But you're older than me, so it's like... Yeah, like, we were in seventh <laughs> grade at different times. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I still had braces in seventh grade. I had just gotten them in seventh grade. <gasps> Harry Potter would have been so much more amazing if, if someone had braces. braces. <laughs> <laughs> There's no uh, wizard spell to big steep. That would have been good. Uh, he's like, I can't concentrate on my magic. I just got my jaw wide. Oh, yeah. I have to wear headgear. Oh, man. It's so bad. I got spacers. (laughs) Oh, God. Those sucked. Oh, Oh, imagine. Can you imagine trying to do like spells with like rubber bands holding your mouth shut? You're like, it's really nervous. Oh, my gosh. Stupid (laughs) friend. Oh, that'd be so good. That makes that seem so much (laughs) funnier. Harry's speaking in parcel tongue, but it has like a braces lisp to it oh, also Jesus. so he's like slithering around but also like <laughs> the whole time the speaking parcel time of <laughs> oh man so harry then hears fleur delacour scream so he's like fuck it i'm just gonna run through this mist and then when he does the world turns upside down which is like what the fuck is this mist and you're just like wow and it's never explained what it is not at all nothing at all and he doesn't ask anyone he's just like this is weird he's like yo what was that weird crazy golden mist that like turned my whole world upside down but not in mm-hmm. the fun way no harry harry would be such a better wizard if you just fucking asked people questions <laughs> but he refuses to so he's he's upside down and he's freaking the fuck out. 
And he's like, all right, I'm going to try to take a step forward and see what happens. And once he does, everything's normal again. So yeah, this mist is like stupid ass shit. <laughs> like the weakest curse ever where it just like fucks you up unless you decide to move. Then it's like, okay, never mind. Like you've passed, you've passed my test. <laughs> so, <laughs> so while trying to save Fleur, Harry starts to get some savage thoughts when he realizes that he doesn't see any red sparks. So he's like, ooh, maybe she's in trouble. Ooh, maybe I'm close to winning. One champion down. What if I won? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, just selfish But then he's like, no way. I got to save her. So he confronts a blast-ended Scroot, which is now 10 feet long, which is absurd, terrifying. I I would just, if I was, again, if I was in this test, I'd be like, nope. And I'd just run out the, I would run out of the maze. I'd be like, fuck that shit. Yeah, I was like, I I don't even know what I'd do if I saw a human ten feet tall, which is impossible. No, and that's like, I I couldn't. In seventh grade, you're probably like five feet. Like that thing is twice as large as you. Fuck that. Fuck that. And it's got like pincers and a butt that explodes. Fuck that so much. So Harry hits it with stupefy, but the armor reflects the spell, so he has to dodge his own thing. (laughs) So there he hits it with impedimenta once on the shell, bounces back, but then he finally gets under it and puts it on the fleshy part, freezes in place. So then Harry just runs the fuck away. He's like, bye. He's like, I'm getting out of here. So then he overhears Crumb using Crucio on Cedric, which is fucked up so much because that's a unforgivable curse. We're like, we'll give you three rules. Don't do them. Mm, Yep. Pretty pretty fucking simple. Don't do the things. So I got super mad because I was like, I've been defending Crumb also in the past six episodes where I'm very mad that the movie didn't portray him well. So I got super mad. I was like, Crumb, I trusted you. How could you do this to me? Harry burns a fucking hole in the hedge of the maze, which is like, yo, why didn't you just do that? All yeah, the time. Yeah, he just could have just been blasted this whole time and running through. Just do that every single time. He's like, gotta go northwest. Yeah, pull your little compass out and then uh, just, just pew, light everything pew, on fire. Pew. Like Smokey the Bear says, mm-hmm. leave and cause forest fires and he's gonna cause them. True. So Harry goes through, climbs through, and he sees Cedric like writhing in pain. So he hits Crumb with Stupefy and Cedric then comes back and he wonders if Fleur's scream was a result of Crumb too. So they're like, all right, we should try to figure out what's going on. Yeah. He suggests they do the red sparks so that Crumb won't get eaten by the scroot and then yeah. the teachers can get him safely. So they do that and then they start to run. Now, here's my thought. Like, shouldn't the teachers have some sort of way to see what's going on so that if someone's like about to get murked, they can like jump in? Like, I feel like the red spark thing isn't the most foolproof of system. Yeah, why, are, like, why is no one chaperoning this maze? They're like, we'll walk around the outside also, if you die, if one of these things attacks you and you're dying, like, you're not going to send up red sparks. Like. Yeah. The other thing is, Harry and Cedric, Harry doesn't care about winning this at all. He just wants to not die. If I was Harry, I would go to Cedric and be like, look, I'll do this whole thing with you and let you grab the cup. I just want to, like, not be alone. And you probably don't either. And, what, like, why don't yeah. we just team up? Like, I don't get yeah. why that never happened earlier. They run away. And also, I'm, like, trying still to defend Crumb. I'm like, maybe Crumb knows about the port key, and he went to an extreme measure. And I was like, no, why wouldn't he just use any other spell? Like, he wouldn't use Crucio. Uh, So I was like, this is dumb. Harry runs into a sphinx. A sexy lion lady. (laughs) Yeah, I just wrote all caps. What the fuck is happening? You know, it's a magic world. So I wrote in my notes, quote, is this fucking Egypt? Is it going to ask him a puzzle? And then the next thing is like, I have a puzzle puzzle for you. So you're like, God damn it. The Sphinx says that the fastest way is through me. You can still go around me, but it's going to like be annoying. So you're going to want to get this puzzle right. It's like, if you answer wrong, I kill you. But mm-hmm. you can turn around and walk away right now. Yep. And Harry's like, hmm, I think I'll answer the riddle. Well, yeah, it was like basically he's like, I'll read you the question. 
you can choose to not answer and just say nope and turn around, or you can try to guess, and if you're wrong, I'm gonna attack the crap out of you, which is great. It's like yeah, it's like merciful. Final Jeopardy if you got to see at least the question, and then you're like, no, I'm not gonna bet all my money. I don't know when Puerto Rico was annexed. Russian roulette Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> Alex uh, Trebek kills you if you wait. Answer what wrong. if the Sphinx was Alex Trebek instead? Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh god, I just think of that um, SNL sketch all the time. Oh yes, where it's like someone playing Sean Connery. Oh just yeah. Just Shock fucking right. Back. <laughs> so good. Anyway. Um, so let's see. So here is the riddle in quote. First, think of the person who lives in disguise, who deals in secrets and tells not but lies. Next, tell me what's always the last thing to mend, the middle of middle or the end of end. Oh, uh, the middle of middle comma, the end of end. And finally, give me the sound often heard when during the search of a hard to find word. Now string them together and answer me this. What creature would you be unwilling to kiss? So Harry's first thought, I love, he's like, well, I wouldn't want to kiss a blast-ended Scrooge. I'm like, Harry, did you even listen to the riddle? I just ran over, I just ran into one of those and didn't seem good. (laughs) The quote from the book is, quote, Harry thought he wouldn't want to kiss a blast-ended Scrooge, but something told him that that wasn't the answer. Uh, yeah, how about the whole fucking thing? How about the riddle she just read you? And then he like, and then he asked for it. He's like, um, can I get it a little slower? (laughs) (laughs) So good. So when I got to this riddle, I was very excited because the last time there was a riddle, they didn't let you solve it. Uh, When there was like the drinking potions of the key thing right away, they're Mm -hmm. like, one of the potions was gone. So they couldn't solve the riddle. And I was like, oh man, I wanted to figure out. So when I got to this, I closed the book and I was like, I'm figuring this out. So (laughs) so, yeah, I was like, I got to figure out this riddle for a 13 year old. Cause I wanted to see like, if I was here, could I have done this? I tried to do the same exact Someone that's always in disguise. I was like, well, that's a spy. And then I was like, the only creature that starts with spy is spider and then the next two clues is like the middle of middle the end of end middle letter of middle is d and letter of end is d spy duh and then the last thing which thank god harry's british because it's what what sound do you make when you're looking for a word an american person would say um or uh but a british yeah. person goes eh. <laughs> so it's er oh my god oh, yeah man. You're like, and he's like spot spy and he's like spider and you're like good job <laughs> yep good job Harry. my favorite thing about this is imagining he's ron. 13 yeah well that but imagine ron in this not even oh, getting yeah, thinking answer. about the clue he just like right away he's like well i wouldn't want to kiss the spider because <laughs> i and hate them like, and it's like correct. you she's passed like, she's like go on <laughs> Hey, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors who make this show possible. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Now, in the Harry Potter world, you have troubles with cell phones in that no one can use them on Hogwarts because technology gets all wonky and stuff. In the non-wizarding world, you have troubles with cell phones in that you can have awful contracts where you get ripped off all the time. Now, you can have a solution to that problem by using Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile sells wireless phone service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass those sweet savings on to you so that you can get wireless plans as cheap as $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. You won't have to worry about overpriced monthly bills or unexpected overages. And also, every plan comes with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. I have Mint Mobile hooked up on my work phone right now, and... 
Every phone call I've had, crystal clear. Every time I've had to use data, very quick. Using hotspots is something that I also get with my plan, and I love having that flexibility. So if you want to ditch overpriced wireless bills, you can do so with Mint Mobile. They have a limited time deal, and you can get a premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash potterless. That's mintmobile.com slash potterless. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash potterless. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So if you want to solve your muggle problems with phones, use Mint Mobile today. Hey, it's me, Mike Schubert. That's right. I'm the same Mike Schubert from the Potterless Podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to hear something similar, well, boy, are you in luck because I make a very similar podcast to Potterless called The Newest Olympian. That is the one that's going on currently. If you get caught up with Potterless, you will see that I only post episodes every month or so. But The Newest Olympian has weekly episodes, and that is a podcast with a similar structure to Potterless, but it's about the Percy Jackson books. That's right. I also didn't read those as a kid. So if you want to hear me going through that whole series for the first time, you can listen to The Newest Olympian wherever you get your podcasts by searching for The Newest Olympian or going to our website, thenewestolympian.com. I've made my way through the first five books so far. I covered the first movie and the TV show. I did interviews with people who made the TV show, and I'm soon getting into the Heroes of Olympus sequel books. So again, that's The Newest Olympian, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. So I got it right, and then I wrote, I'm a genius, and then in parentheses, or I'm 25. (laughs) (laughs) Both. Both. So Harry gets through, he finally sees the cup, and then he sees Cedric jump in front of Harry and start sprinting. And Harry's like, all right, that's fine. I don't care too much anyway. But then he sees something big approaching out of the corner of his eye. And he's like, Cedric, look out. And he dodges just in time. And it's a giant spider. Yeah, you know. So Harry uses stupefy, but nothing really happens. It picks Harry up and like shanks his leg, which sucks. <laughs> it's like about to eat him. But then Harry uses Expelliarmus, which I didn't know could be used on someone not holding a wand. But technically, yeah. technically it does disarm him from the yeah, spider. disarming anyone. Right? So then he stupefies its underbelly at the same time as Cedric, so their combined spells work. Heck yeah. And the spider is thus stupefied, so Harry's leg is destroyed because it got, like, shanked by the spider, and then he fell 12 feet down, so it's like... Again, where's the teacher? (laughs) (laughs) His leg is super broken. Harry then tells Cedric, he's like, yo, Cedric, grab the cup, it's right there, you were in front of me, like, you deserve this. So then Cedric and Harry have this, like pissing contest of being nice where they're trying yeah, to like Cedric's <laughs> like no I'm the most chivalrous and then Harry's like no but of course after you after mm-hmm. you like. they're trying to justify why the other person is actually nicer than them about who should get it and immediately I'm like just grab it at the same time and then right. they finally think oh yeah we should do this can we can we talk about for one second I wrote this down because it was so important oh to yeah me. there's a part in the book where so they're deciding this they're deciding this and they're like I don't know who should do it or like I don't know who should do it. I just don't know who should grab it. And it says, he stepped over the spider's tangled legs to join Harry, who stared at him. Cedric was serious. He was walking away from the sort of glory Hufflepuff House hasn't had in centuries. Yes. <laughs> so just like a straight dig to Hufflepuff mm-hmm. House because they're just like, listen, Hufflepuff has sucked forever. So Cedric uh-huh. could have totally redeemed himself and he <laughs> doesn't. Centuries. earlier in this book they mentioned that hufflepuff beating gryffindor at quidditch in that one regular season game was like the best (laughs) thing to happen to him in the last 50 years it's like oh my god hufflepuff just there 
I feel They're so bad for them. They're just happy to be there. They're just happy to be there. They're nice people. They seem great. My girlfriend's a Hufflepuff. A lot of my friends are Hufflepuff. My secondary house is that. They seem awesome, but J.K. Rowling just shits on them so much. Know, it's like, it's so why? Uh, it's so funny. Dumbledore even shits on them later in the book, too. Oh, I it's know. It's great. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, she was like, okay, so we have the evil one, mm-hmm. and we have the good one. And we have we the nerds. But we can't just have good and evil fighting over each other, because that would, like, we need some other kind of things to beef them up. So we're like, okay, we'll do intelligence. Yes. But those are three pillars. Good, evil, intelligence. Uh, how about <laughs> we just make an other category? And that's like a, all the... <laughs> And like I remember the first or like the first movie or something when everyone's first getting uh, sorted and mm-hmm. whatever they they're calling up the names and of course you have like very like harsh sounding names like Ron Weasley and Harry Potter yeah and like Hermione Granger like getting sorted into Gryffindor mm-hmm. like even Draco Malfoy sounds sinister yes. and the name that they call up of the woman of the first person in that scene to like be sorted in the Hufflepuff house it's like. Susan Bonds. <laughs> like, like, it's, like, just very, like, airy and puffy and sounds very round uh. and just, like... <laughs> it's, like, I just... She was, like, what's a name that sounds like a kid you definitely would have made fun of in elementary school? <laughs> oh, no. And, she, and then Susan Bonds. She's a... She's a <laughs> if your name is Susan Bonds, I am I'm sorry. so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this oh, is not man. meant to attack women named Susan Bonds. Oh, God, I mean, if, if that's the the people we offend in this podcast, I guess we're doing all right. We're trying to be nice to everybody else. Women named Susan Bonds. Should Come be a small me. demographic. Come fight me. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I'm sorry. I just had to point that no, out. No, no, no. It was so good. Funny. And I'm glad you mentioned it because I I laughed when I read that. And I, for some reason, I didn't write oh, it down. I, I, was, I cackled. I just, <laughs> oh, God. There is a great quote when this is happening uh, where Harry thinks Cedric had beaten him to it. Just as he had beaten asking Cho to the ball. It's like, Harry, you waited four fucking chapters <laughs> to ask her to the ball. That is your also, fault. Like this is what you're thinking about at this moment. Right. This is the second or third time where something super intense is going down. And his first thought is being embarrassed about getting turned down by Cho Chang. He's like, my girlfriend doesn't <laughs> like me. <laughs> He's 13. Okay, so then they finally grab it at the same time. And when they do it, bum, bum, portkey. And oh, a chapter. Boom, 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 boom. So chapter 32, flesh, blood, and bone. And my first note is, fuck, fuck, fuck. Those are the ingredients needed to bring Voldemort back from life and turn him into a snake man, aren't they? Fuck, 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 fuck. <sighs> so, You're so annoyingly like on brand with what the book is. <laughs> Harry and Cedric are confused in this creepy location to which they've been teleported. Yeah, right? They see a short person coming holding something and wearing a hooded cloak. Obviously, Peter Pettigrew. The tiny thing he's holding goes, kill the spare! Which- I know. <laughs> How aggressive is that command? Crazy. Like, Crazy. Cedric doesn't even have a minute to be offended because no. he immediately gets killed. Yeah. He doesn't, ha- Cedric spare. doesn't even say anything. It's just like, Cedric also looked confused, gets murdered. Yeah, oh. And there is something later where uh, his parents, when Harry talks to them, it's like, well, he had just won the house cup. I'm sure he was really happy. Well, it's like, yeah, he was really happy, but he lived long enough to think like, what the fuck is going on for four seconds and then get murdered. So like (laughs) so close to ending on a great note, but it was just like just long enough where he's like, I'm super scared right now. Boom. That's why I'm scared. Life throws things at you. You can't handle. (laughs) Oh man. Imagine being Harry and how it's like you're teleported. You're like, whoa, what's going on? Then your friend is killed right next to you. Yeah, like, uh, that's super hard. Well, he's not a friend. He's well, more of, like, an acquaintance. Yeah, like, he still, still hates him because of Cho Chang. Yeah, <laughs> so, he's still his girlfriend. Uh, so Pettigrew then picks up Harry Potter, slams him against Tom Riddle's headstone, 
and then ties him up with that rope spell, which is way better than in the movie where they have the yeah. Grim Reaper statue hold him in place. Way better to tie him up. No, it was symbolic of like death holding him, and so he was like in the grips of death. Oh but, like, god! As you'll find out like later in the book, maybe he escapes death. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna mansplain Harry Potter. Oh my goodness! So well, good. actually. Well, actually, where do you mansplainers get their water from? From a well. From a well, actually. You didn't write that joke, Sada. On Twitter. I, I, someone told it to me once and I was like, I bet this joke has been around the internet. It's, it's a great joke. Oh, though. it's so good. Harry notices the missing finger, so he knows it's Peter Pettigrew. He then sees a giant snake slithering through the grass. Nagini. So that's Nagini. And Pettigrew then drags a giant stone cauldron over towards him. <laughs> so the tiny little thing starts writhing around and yells, Harry. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh no. Pettigrew lights a fire under the cauldron. Sparks are flying all over the place. And then Pettigrew unveils that it is Voldemort, and he looks gross, like a weird embryo type thing. Okay. They describe it so gross. They're so like, weird. It's like a baby, but it's like skinny. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like the one of the first like gifs on the internet is that like dancing alien. Oh yeah. Or that's like kind of like the, the Uga Chaka baby. baby. All I pictured was like the dancing alien gif, like popping out of these robes and just being like, kill this man, <laughs> like. Just like hopping around and like doing a little Charles. They basically describe him as being like not. half a baby, half a snake, which sounds horrifying. Yeah, and you're just like, mm, has science gone too far? <laughs> and you're like, no, magic hasn't gone far enough. Let's do this uh, thing. Let's keep it going. So Wormtail then chops off his whole goddamn hand and puts I it into the know. cold. <laughs> <laughs> like, it it just says like a piece. What's the actual quote? It's like it gives a piece of the uh, body on un- like willingly given yeah. or something. Piece of the body. And, like, piece of the servant willingly given. A piece. Like gotta be a whole hand. Done a finger. Could have done half a finger. Could have done like Van Gogh an it ear and like done an or ear. Like a toe. He just chops his whole, his whole goddamn hand. hand off. His whole hand. And he's like, you. I didn't know how much. <laughs> And then he gets a drop of blood mm-hmm. from Harry. Yep, yep. So cuts he off his arm. Stabs him. Stabs him. <laughs> stabs him. Shanks his arm and then he gets a drop. Puts that in. And then he also puts a bone from Tom Riddle. So you find out it's, it's Tom Riddle yeah. Sr.'s grave. Takes a bone from that. Puts it in. Mixes all that up. Plops in the baby. And then a tall man-ish skinny figure rises from the cauldron. And it says, the book narrator says, quote, Lord Voldemort had risen again. And that's the end no, of the no. chapter. And you're like, God damn No, Snake Man's back. Chapter 33, The Death Eaters. So, a.k.a. the little punk-ass yeah. bitches, as I wrote in my notes. They, for real, though. They suck so much. They're all like, master. We're sorry. Uh. So, Voldemort starts examining his own body. And he's like, oh, wow, look at me. I'm exactly what I used to be. He then moves Wormtail's sleeve to see the dark mark tattoo is super dark. Because he's back. I mean, that's he's just making sure it still works. Yeah, he's like, this thing's still on? Okay, cool. When he asks Pettigrew, he's like, Pettigrew, show me your arm. And Pettigrew's like, oh, thank you, master. And he's like, no, your other arm. And it's like, mm. oh, he wants no, to see the tattoo. No, he's still got this bloody stump. Yep. You gotta just deal with that for Total a minute or two. shut down. The first of two lol noops that Voldemort pulls in this chapter. Voldemort now wonders. He's like, I wonder how many Death Eaters are going to come join me. He then, while waiting for them to come... He admits that he killed his dad. He tries to, like, appeal to Harry. He's like, oh, we have so much in common. <laughs> Both of our parents were useful by dying. Right. It's like, oh. Okay. Also, why doesn't Voldemort just kill him? Right? He's so dramatic. Right now. Murder him. No, we don't We don't need a villain speech. 
you you got such a vendetta against this 13 year old for literally doing nothing to you when he was a baby. <laughs> oh. And like he just sat there, probably mm-hmm. like pooping his own pants. <laughs> and then Voldemort atta- was trying to attack Lily and James. Mm-hmm. And then, like, oh no, like he could have just killed him right here, it. right now. He's tied up, he's bleeding, mm-hmm. his leg doesn't work. Yeah. He probably has acne. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, he, it, <laughs> if I was a supervillain, I'd be the most boring because I would just shoot people right off the bat and then shoot them like 50 times to super make sure they're dead. I'd be so lame. Yeah, but you'd be the most efficient. I'd be the most efficient, but I'd be the most boring. No speeches, no. But also nothing. you'd have the I was you'd have you'd have the most boring speeches of all time. You're like, ah, I've got you. <laughs> I probably would say a pun before I did it, but then I would be boring. Like the only thing fun about me was I would say a pun. Death from hack, yeah. <laughs> Hacky jokes. Oh, Jokes. Voldemort reveals that his dad left him or left his mother before he was born when his mom told him that and he was like, a witch. Right. And it's like, hold on. Why didn't your mother tell your father that she was a witch pre-getting pregnant? I feel like that is seems like, pertinent seems information. Like, first date topic. like, yeah, seems like a dick move by his dad, but also a dick move by the mom. Like they both suck a lot. Yeah, listen, like secrets, you should not keep secrets from your partner if you're of trying course. to like, Open communication, mm-hmm. so that way your child doesn't become an evil overlord in a magical wizard kingdom and <laughs> to kill everyone. Like this is just a PSA to new parents. Pretty much. Be honest. <laughs> <laughs> So let's see. A bunch of hooded and masked wizards apparate in. These are the Death Eaters. Voldemort at first praises the Death Eaters, and but then is like, psych? Where the fuck were you guys? Like, back then you didn't want me. Now I'm hot. You all owe me. And yeah. It's just a massive <laughs> roast. Like, it's just like. It really does. Uh, what if it was like a rap battle? Like, Voldemort's just like roasting mm. every one of his Death Eaters, but like a sick beat. I thought Voldemort on. was going to murder all of them, which would have been super yeah, power like, play. Would have been dope. Yeah, but then like he wouldn't have any followers yeah. back because he only had those like, what, 13 people? Well, everyone else is in like, Azkaban or dead. That's right. He's like, listen, thought it was more popular than this. <laughs> a lot of you guys said interested on Facebook, but only 13 <laughs> showed up. You guys all put you were going. Uh. <laughs> this guy Avery runs up to apologize and Voldemort uses Crucio on him. Super sad. She's like, fuck this guy. And as he's doing more things, I'm like, shit, I kind of like Voldemort. (laughs) Like, he's kind of, he's kind of good. Like, he's like, he's kind of a dick, but he's like, but yeah, right. So he fixes Peter Pettigrew's hand, makes it a silver hand, also a boss move. Uh, (laughs) And then Lucius Malfoy is there, which is like, oh baby, like finally confirmed. And then Voldemort mentions that his work at the World Cup was grand. So that Lucius finagled some shit at the World Cup. And you're like, what? You mean the Malfoy's people? <laughs> oh my god, I didn't see it coming. He praises him for that, but then he's mad that Lucius ran away from the dark mark when it was shown by quote his loyal supporter. So you know some mm-hmm. shit is still up with the whole dark mark thing. Mm-mm. Voldemort notes the absence of the Lestranges. Because they're in prison. Uh yep. But he says that they will be rewarded beyond their dreams when Azkaban is broken open. So really hope that. That doesn't happen, but it's totally going to happen. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He then says that the Dementors will join us. They are our natural allies. We will recall the banished giants as well. Super dumb that the ministry's like, let's use the Dementors as our friends and alienate these giants. It's like, you're so dumb. So dumb. Listen, I know these were once your most loyal supporters, but how would you feel if we just kind of used them mm-hmm. to watch over you. the people <laughs> that are in prison because of you? Like, that seems like a pretty good idea. So dumb. So then you find out Papa Grab and Papa Goyle are there, which is super even more crazy that, you know, we've got double Death Eater, basically, like like father, like son situation going down. What are the chances? Right. Voldemort then mentions that there are six blank spots 
Three of those six are dead in his service. One was too cowardly to return. One has left forever and will be killed. And one who remains his most faithful servant and has already re-entered his service. So my guess is here is that the cowardly one is Karkarov, the left forever mm-hmm. is Snape, and the other one I was like, Ludo Bagman? Turns out not to be Ludo Bagman. Now, Ludo was not, never the never important. He never is, never will be. Never so will be dumb, ever, yeah. I'm so... I don't even think they put him in the movies. They, oh no, he they, he wasn't. He he was not in the movies. <laughs> I was like, he de- I don't, I definitely think he, he wasn't. He wasn't at all, because he's so fucking <laughs> insignificant. I'm the dumbest person on earth. So let's see. He mentions that uh, this last guy is at Hogwarts and orchestrated the Triwizard plot, which I was like, huh. yo, totally Bagman, right? No. You're like, I'm sorry, what's up? Yeah, I was like, hold up, hold up. <laughs> so obviously they're setting this up to be Snape as the bad guy, but since he turns it around, I don't think it's him. Lucius Malfoy conveniently asked Voldemort to describe how he came back to life so that the Death Eaters, but really the reader, can like, learn what happened. Us. Yeah, because that was my whole question. Like this whole scene, you're just like, okay, why didn't he come back sooner? Mm-hmm. Thought he was dead. What's happening? Like, it was just so confusing. And then, of course, because I think J.K. Rowling read back over those chapters and was like, this makes no goddamn sense. (laughs) She was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta do an evil villain speech. I told myself I wasn't going to, and here Mm -hmm. I am. So basically, Voldemort says that Mama Potter used some old magic to sacrifice herself so that he couldn't touch Harry Potter, but he can now, which he proves by booping Harry Potter on the news. (laughs) 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 I can touch you. So the sacrifice reflected the spell that Voldemort used. It rebounded on himself. He was too slow to dodge it because he sucks. He also wasn't expecting it. True. And he was ripped from his body, but still alive, meaning one of his immortality experiments worked. He did apparently a lot of them. He had to focus all of his energy on continuing to exist. And he escaped into a distant forest, waiting for a Death Eater to come save him. Plot twist, nobody came for him. Yeah, they were like, Uh, well, he's dead. (laughs) So he could still possess people and animals, and he preferred snakes. Uh, But when he does it, it shortens the lives of the animals. So he has to like keep transferring to new ones because they keep yeah, dying on all these pretty much he's so evil it just murders Voldemort, them. big game hunter. <laughs> yeah best way to kill animals just possess them and then they'll slowly die yeah it's humane and then i get to put them <laughs> and i don't waste any bullets no, no. i don't have ammo no guns in the wizarding world how funny would that be though? if there were guns in harry potter way, like, shorter well, like, the, way shorter books way shorter way shorter like the last, like the last book, the last don't final say, oh, don't, battle no, that you'll no get spoilers. to. Like just like if instead of a magic battle, someone was just like, I pew, found pew. this gun. <laughs> So bam, <laughs> he tells about the whole coral thing. He then describes the worm tail tail uh, zing. And apparently fellow rats told Peter Pettigrew about the Albanian forest where Voldemort you know, was. Peter Pettigrew is the rat king. Yeah, I was like, oh, so all these rats are just like, hey, a bunch of my rat friends have been dying in this forest. Crazy. The rat king and the nutcracker. <laughs> oh, Peter right. Pettigrew. Wow. Crazy. What a good crossover. Crazy. So he describes the whole Bertha Jorkins thing. Talks to him, talks about himself in third person, which makes me like him less. I was like kind of on Team Voldemort. Then he refers to himself as Lord Voldemort. I was like, uh, less cool. Uh, <laughs> like, you're that narcissistic. Come on, he then says that Peter convinced Bertha to go on a stroll with him into the woods, where Voldemort persuaded her to describe to him all the Triwizard stuff. And he had to use like thorough memory charms to do it. Yeah, fried her brain. Made her mush. So then he says he knew of a faithful Death Eater who would still be willing to help. Of course, I'm like, oh, totally Ludo Bagman. Not Ludo Bagman. 
No, no, no. Just keep I'm trying. like, come on. Like, it's got to be. The rest of the books are like, on. oh, back He's just like, anytime you can sneak back in there. He couldn't possess her because of the brain stuff. Couldn't possess Peter Pettigrew because too high profile. So Peter helped him obtain, quote, a weak rudimentary body of my own, which is super suspect. And as Melissa and Nelly pointed out on a previous episode, like, could be an unborn baby, which would be. <gasps> right? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Yeah, that's right. Oh, like so possessing creepy. a pregnant woman or something. Uh, and then she, uh, I have no idea what it is, but it's gotta be. Voldemort says he was willing to obtain his old mortal body before seeking immortality again. So this is the old mortal body stage. Yeah. Perfect. Love it. Not as creepy or rapey. No, not at all. So he says his, that the ingredients were hard to get. One was already at hand. Was it not Wormtail? So Voldemort just used a pun and I'm like, oh fuck, I am so team Voldemort. Like, oh my, uh, I, I literally wrote, oh my God, a pun, my weakness. Do I like Voldemort now? Am I a death eater? She wrote that at three o'clock in the morning. It was like, fire. like, uh, I, you, you have, you have my word and my allegiance. You're like, that's <laughs> you it. All he had to do. So it turned me. Voldemort then mentions that he specifically wanted Harry Potter so that he could get some of Mama Potter's blood protection into him as well. So it's not just like a vendetta. It actually serves a purpose. So he notes that it was hard because Dumbledore had been planning the protection of Harry Potter ever since it fell upon him to take care of his future. So Dumbledore, a boss, such a boss. Oh yeah. So Dumbledore used ancient magic to where Harry Potter can't be harmed at Hogwarts by Voldemort. So So like Merlin magic? I guess. That's all I can think of. Because like Merlin's from King Yeah, he's pretty old. I can see it. Voldemort says he had to devise a plan using Bertha's information. Quote, use one of my faithful servants stationed at Hogwarts to ensure his name entered into the Goblet of Fire. So he says that, and I was like, please don't be Snape. And then he says, I would then use the same Death Eater to ensure that whoever won the cup would be transferred here by turning the cup into a portkey. And I was like, oh yeah, Bagman. Gotta be Bagman. Nah, Bagman. (laughs) Gotta be Ludo Bagman. Bagman. Uh, Voldemort uses Crucio and Harry Potter, which is like, dude, fight him like a man. Like he's tied up. His leg is broken. He's 13. He's got acne. Like don't use Crucio on him. Like that's not cool. So he then goes into his villain speech, like you're saying. And he says, I'm going to prove my power by killing him here and now in front of you all. It's like, oh yeah, tough guy. Kill a teenager. Like. Woo. And then he's like, but I'm going to do woman because mm-hmm. that's the gentleman thing to do. Yes. After I just shanked his <laughs> arm, he's it, his leg is broken by a spider mm-hmm. and I just tied him up and used the cruciatus curse on him. I'm going to find him like a man. Yeah, gentleman's duel now. <laughs> gentleman's duel starting now. Mm-hmm. So then he orders Wormtail to untie Harry, give him his wand back, and then it's like, now we're going to fight. And that's the end of chapter 33. And that's the end of this first episode, Sydney. But don't worry, because we're going to do another one. We're We're coming coming back. back. But we got to pause it, because who wants to listen to a really long podcast episode? No one. So So we're going to call it here. uh, But then we're going to keep it going. It's all more gay. But Sydney, thank you so much for joining, making fun of Harry Potter with me, and having a good old time with all the shit that's going down. Uh, Is there anything you would like to promote? Your any social media kind of stuff going down? Uh, uh, follow me on Twitter, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, at Sydney Rachel S Y D N E Y because I'm not a goddamn monster. R A C G. Oh, so now you hate women named Susan and Sydney spelled differently. Well, no, because Sydney with an I is the boy name. That's why I hated Sid from Toy Story so much, just because I was like 
That is my name, but it is also How is the Australian name. city spelled? S-Y-D-N-E-Y. Okay, so you, that's your favorite city in the world. Well, I've never been there, <laughs> but, but it's that's the my favorite joke is when I tell people my name and they're like, have you been there? And I'm like, no, I'm poor. Oh, no. I can't afford a trip there. Uh, yeah, so follow Sydney on Twitter. <laughs> 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 but anyways, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as they say in Harry Potter, wizard on. It's not said. Potterless is created by Mike Sherwood, it is hosted by Mike Sherwood, it is edited by Mike Sherwood, it is produced by Mike Sherwood, as well as Leanne Davis, Griffin Mecklenburg, Aaron Johnson, Erica and Calvin Bauer, Michael Vandersley, Sadie Bear, and Natalie Klobuchar. Web designed by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campomanes. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can subscribe to us on any of your preferred podcasting apps. If you leave us a rating and review on iTunes, that really does help a lot. It helps more people find the podcast. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can head on over to facebook.com slash Potterless. Twitter is at PotterlessPod. Instagram is PotterlessPodcast. And we also have a website, PotterlessPodcast.com. Thank you guys again so much. And until next time, as they say at Hogwarts, wizard on! Hey, it's me, Mike Schubert. That's right, I'm the same Mike Schubert from the Potterless Podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to hear something similar, well, boy, are you in luck because I make a very similar podcast to Potterless called The Newest Olympian. That is the one that's going on currently. If you get caught up with Potterless, you will see that I only post episodes every month or so. But The Newest Olympian has weekly episodes, and that is a podcast with a similar structure to Potterless, but it's about the Percy Jackson books. That's right, I also didn't read those as a kid. So if you want to hear me going through that whole series for the first time, you can listen to The Newest Olympian wherever you get your podcasts by searching for The Newest Olympian or going to our website, thenewestolympian.com. I've made my way through the first five books so far. I covered the first movie and the TV show. I did interviews with people who made the TV show, and I'm soon getting into the Heroes of Olympus sequel books. So again, that's The Newest Olympian, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts.